following message is brought to you by Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We exist to bring glory to God by knowing Christ and making Him known. If you would like to visit our church, we hold multiple services on Sunday mornings, starting at 9 a.m. We are located between Motokare Wharf and Edai Town. Pickups are available 7009-1000. We'll be in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning, and I'd like to talk to our children. I told you guys last week that I would have a special sermon today for children. So moms and dads, you're welcome to listen in. I might toss you a thing or two. I will definitely give you a lot of things that you can carry home and apply to your children today. Uh, but mostly, I'm going to be speaking to our little ones so, boys and girls, can I encourage you, if you've got a pen and a piece of paper, I'm going to have notes up on the screen this morning that are for you. You can write them down, and I want you to be paying attention this morning. Ephesians chapter 6. Now, as we start off, I want to remind you that obedience is very important. Obedience is very important. In 2008... I made a trip to Lay. I took my little girl Ariel with me. Ariel was eight years old at that time. Now, Ariel and I were in uh, Toyota Hilux. This was before the fifth element or sixth element or seventh element or whatever element we're up to now. This is the old style. You remember the old style? The old Toyota Hilux, and it was a red one, and I was driving. Ariel was in the offside. Now, Ariel was not old enough to drive yet because she was only eight years old, right? Now, there she is. She's sitting in the offside, and she was eating a piece of pizza. We had just stopped at a Kai bar, and we had gotten some pizza there at a Kai bar, and I had already eaten mine because I'm a big boy, and I eat faster than she does. And she was in the offside, and she was eating her piece of pizza, and she was there. Now, we had taught the girls when they were growing up, Becky and I taught the girls, if we tell you to do something, you never ask a question, you just obey. Now, I wish I could tell you they always did it, but we really worked with them about that. We told them, if we say something, you do it. And one of the things that we had taught them was that when we were driving around in the city, that if we told them to duck, that they were to just get down in the floor and hide down in the floor. Now you can understand why, right? That day, it was 2008, I think the month was April, I was driving in Lay. We were coming through Four Mile. And the road at that time, it's not like now. Now it's four lane. It's very beautiful. But then it was like our road out here. Tripla pothole stop, yeah. And we were driving very slow. There was a PMV right in front of us, and we were driving very slow through the potholes. And on the side, some of you might remember Four Mile back in the day, there were giant rain trees. These big rain trees lined the side of the road. And we were driving very slow in our red Hilux. We were coming through potholes, coming down inside, coming back up. And right in front of me was a 25-seater coaster bus was right in front of me. Ariel's next to me. She's eating her piece of pizza. And in this moment, two guys walked out from behind one of the rain trees, 
and walked out in the traffic between me and the coaster bus. My first thought was, these silly guys, don't they know it's traffic? You don't walk out in the traffic. And then I saw these two boys were not good boys. Both of them had shotguns. These two boys stepped out right from behind the, four, the, the big rain trees there at Four Mile, and they stepped right in front of my truck. And as soon as I saw the shotgun in their hand, you know what I said? Ariel, duck. And she did the most beautiful. You've never seen anybody do this. She had her seatbelt was on. She had a piece of pizza in her hand. She could have stopped and said, but dad, my pizza. She didn't say anything. I said, Ariel, duck. And she slid out from under that. It was like something out of the movies. She slipped right out from underneath the seatbelt and right down into the floorboard and she sat down. I looked over and she was sitting on the floor eating her pizza. <laughs> now, the rest of that story, those two boys tried to hold us up. One on the one corner, one on the other corner. The one on the one corner, he shot his gun at us. I saw the white of his eyeball as far away as me to Miss Abby saw the white of his eyeball. I watched the flame come out of the end of the gun. I don't know. He was shooting with blanks or what. Nothing hit our truck, praise God. He aimed with one bullet. I aimed with one car. <laughs> he jumped out of the way. We got away. I will tell you this. I ended up having a lot of nightmares and thoughts and things about it later. Ariel never saw him. Ariel never thought about it again. All because obedience is very important. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 6. I'm going to read verses 1 to 3, and I want us to pay attention to these words today. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Let's see it in the Bible. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. You help me, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may, verse 3, that it may be what? It may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. This is a command for children to obey their parents, honor their parents, and there are some reasons that are given in these verses why you should do it. So that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Young people, why should you obey your parents? Now, as I look at this from big picture, moms and dads, we're talking right now in a series. Last week, I talked about we need to be modeling our homes for our children. And young people, this week, I'm talking to you because there is a command in the Bible that says that you need to obey your parents. You play a part in having a good home. Your part is obeying. Mom and dad's part is training you. And mom and dad's part is modeling for you what this should look like. But your part is in, in, in obeying. If you don't do your part, mom and dad's part is going to be much more difficult. And so mom and dad do their part. Dad does his part. Mom does her part. Next week, we'll talk to dads. The following week, we'll talk to moms. But today, children, you have something you need to do. You need to obey the Lord, obey your, your parents in the Lord. And so the questions I have today is why? Why should I obey my parents? 
How many of you young people are under the age of 15? How many of you are 15 years old and younger? Let me see your hands. Raise your hands. If you're under 15 years old, look at all these little ones. Good. So you're under 15 years old, and then how many we have under 18 years old? Between 15 and 18. 15 and 18, how many of you are here? Congratulations, you still fall into the category of children. How many of you, even moms and dads, listen to this question closely, how many of you have parents? That's all of us. If you're here and you don't have a parent, congratulations, you fell from the sky, all right? (laughs) There's a command for us to honor, right? So this goes to all of us. Children, why? I think that when I was eight years old, I thought maybe my mom and dad really don't know a whole lot because I've been here for all of eight years and I know. And I sometimes forgot mom and dad had been around a lot longer than me. So why? Why should I obey my parents? I see a reason in every one of those verses. Verse 1 has a reason. Verse 2 has a reason. Verse 3 has a reason. So we're going to start at verse 3, and we're going to walk backwards, okay? So we'll start in verse 3. Why, why should you obey your parents? And you'll see the answer in verse number 3. Look at verse 3 with me. That it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Why should you obey your parents? That it may be well with thee. You know what that means? If you obey your parents, your life will go better. Let's let's just go the opposite. If you don't obey your parents, children, what will happen? You're going to get a spanking. That's the answer. If you don't obey, you will get a spanking. By the way, moms and dads, we'll talk about that next week. It's important that that's happening. Foolishness, according to the book of Proverbs, foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, and the rod will drive it far from him. It's important. So young people, if you want your life to be going well, I mean, I remember I did not want a spanking when I was growing up. I want things to go well with me. Now remember, as you get older, the things that you are doing in your younger days, you are forming habits for your older days. So if you learn how to obey your parents when you are young, when you get older, you will, you will know how to obey your boss. When you are young, if you are doing right, you get older, you will continue to do right. So if you obey your parents, first reason, it will go well with you. It says also there in verse 3, you will live long on the earth. If you learn to obey mom and dad, you will also know how to obey law and order. If you rebel against mom and dad while you're young, guess what? When you get older, you're going to rebel against the police and the people who are in charge in society. It will go well with you. I've been alive now for 43 years. Some of you think that that makes me ancient. Some of you older people think that I'm still a kid, okay? I'll just fall in the middle. Thank you. (laughs) Been alive for 43 years. I've been pastoring for quite a while. And I've actually seen where a child who was rebellious grew up to be an adult who was rebellious. And I've actually gone to the house cry and funeral for adult children who were rebellious all coming through, and their life was not long. You know why? They did not obey their parents, have life go well with them, and when they got older, they did not obey law and order in society, and they caused problems in society, and we all know 
people who are causing problems in society don't do well in society. Young people, it will go well with you. Obey your parents. I want to have a good life, so I'm going to obey my parents. I want it to go well with me. Did you know that you cannot, young people, you cannot trust your own heart? You might hear somebody say, oh, just trust your heart. No, no, no. You cannot trust your heart. Here's what the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17 and verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And then God says in verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. Only God knows what's in your heart. Even you don't know what's in your heart. Let me give an example of this. Some of you older students have probably already experienced this in life, and the younger children are going to experience it soon. Perhaps you studied for a quiz or for a test, and you're ready, and you come and you sit in the classroom, and the teacher passes out the test, and the test is there, and you've studied, and you're ready for it. And you think, I have a good heart, and I'm ready, and here I am, and I'm sitting here, and I'm ready for this test, and the test comes, and you start answering the questions, and you're getting them right, and you're getting them right, and you know all the answers, and then you come to one question, and you think, I think I know the answer to this one, but I can't remember. And you know what you do in that one moment? Try and get a little bit of help from your neighbor. Now, I thought you were a good person with a good heart. But you know what that is in just that moment? You just cheated. You know what that is? That's disobedience. You can't trust your own heart. Here, I'll give another way. Because maybe, maybe cheating isn't your problem. Let's say, for example, perhaps some of your classmates... How many of you at school, there's somebody that's selling some food right at the fence. You guys know what I'm talking about? And, and somebody's, they, there's scones there, maybe there's some juice box there, and all of your friends, they all get juice box, but you, you never get juice box, because mom doesn't give you the money for juice box. You know what I'm talking about? And let's say that perhaps, is this your belong? No? Perhaps you see that mom has her belong laying on the side. It's time for school. You look inside of mom's belum. Oh, look. Tukina. And one for my friend. That's not your belum, is it? It's your belum? Do you want it back? <laughs> one juice box for you, one juice box for your friend. You know what you just did? That heart that you cannot trust... I said this here at the beginning of the service, guys. <laughs> it's not his velum. <laughs> that heart that you cannot trust is desperately wicked. And you'll steal right out of mom's velum. You know what that is? That's sin. You say, but it's just for a juice box. It's just a, don't try to explain away sin. Your heart is desperately wicked. You cannot trust it, young people. God puts mom and dad in a position of authority in your life. They're helping you. They're not doing bad things to you and telling you to obey. They say, obey. And the Bible says, when you obey, it will go well with you. 
Your life is going to be much better if you're obedient. Let's see the second one. Why should you obey your parents? Verse one was uh, sorry. First, verse three it said it would be well with you, and then verse two we'll back up into verse two, and you'll see the second reason. Second reason is because it's commanded. It's commanded. Look at verse two. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. This is a commandment. You know what that means, right? It's a commandment. It, it was given by God as a command. Now you'll notice the little phrase there that says, "This is the first commandment with." promise. What does he mean by that? Do you remember back in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus, God gave the law. There were 10 commandments that he gave. I'm going to try and grab some of them. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. Thou shalt not take my name in vain. Thou shalt remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Thou shalt not kill. You remember those? And in that list, there is one that has a promise. That promise is Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth. That promise is repeated here in Ephesians 6. It's repeated in verse 3. The promise was, it's going to go well with you. You're going to have a longer life. So our first reason why we should obey our parents, our first reason is because it's going to go well with you. And our second one is because it's commanded. This is a commandment from God, young people. Listen to this. God commanded it. Could you imagine, just imagine with me, if God Himself was here in the flesh, and you could look and you could see, that one is God. If God told you to do something, you wouldn't even second guess it. You would just, yes, I'm going to do it. Like if He said something and it was even silly, He said, go out the door, go around the building, come in that door. You would just say yes, and then everybody would single file out the door and come around. You know why? Because He's God. He's so almighty. And so if God said it, just because He said it, we should obey it. And by the way, He said this 3,500 years ago, and He recorded it in His Word, and then He repeated it again 2,000 years ago, and it was recorded in His Word, and it's a commandment. And when God gives a commandment, you don't push it aside and say, I don't want to. You obey it because it's the command of God. We are to obey. Children, obey your parents. Why? Because it is commanded. It's something that you are supposed to do. And yet sometimes we just prefer to do something else. And maybe we think, I'll just not obey, but later I'll make it up. I'll, I'll, I'll do what I want to do, and later I'll do something nice and mom will forgive me. That's not the way to live. King Saul did that. In the Old Testament, King Saul did that. God had told King Saul that when he went into battle that he was to defeat all of the enemy and then all of their animals, he was to kill all of the animals and have nothing to do with anything that they had. Leave it. And yet, at the end of that battle, King Saul saw, man, they've got some really nice sheep and they've got some really nice cows and they've got some really nice horses. We could probably use some of those for us and so, it's the end of war. You do what you want to at the end of the war, right? And so he got all of those sheep and cows and he brought them back to Israel. The prophet Nathan showed up. And when the prophet Nathan came to talk to King Saul, he used these words, what is the bleeding of the sheep? I hear them, Bah! And I hear the mooing of the cows. 
prophet Nathan said, I hear those things, and yet I know that God said you were supposed to kill those sheep. Be done with them. And here's what King Saul said. King Saul said, at first he said, well, it wasn't really me. It was the people that said they wanted it. Have you ever done that? You disobey, and then mom calls you out, and you say, it wasn't really me. It was somebody else that said to do this. (laughs) Ah, you know what? It's still disobedience. And and then Saul changed his story. King Saul changed his story, and he said, well, you know what? Instead, what we can do is we can make a sacrifice out of all these animals. We'll take all these animals, and we'll make a sacrifice to God out of them, and that will be so much better. Wait a second. The problem was he was disobedient. He did not follow the command of God. Instead, did his own thing. And by the way, God had some very strong things to say about it. I'll put these words up on the board for you to see. 1 Samuel 15, verses 22 and 23. Samuel said this, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken in the fat of rams. Here's what he said. He said, it's better for you to obey in the first place than to come along in the back and try to make it better by doing nice things. This is nice, but better than that is obedience. In fact, in the next verse, he goes another layer on this, and I want you to hear the words he says. The next layer is so important. This is the next verse, verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. You miss a Leslie talk, me make him But you know what he just said? He said, if you are rebellious, it is as if you are participating in witchcraft. I want no part of that. It's better to obey than it is to give a sacrifice. I don't want to be rebellious. God has given a command. You realize that the command to obey your parents has come from God. God gave that commandment. And when you are rebellious against your parents, you're rebellious against God. And in that moment, you are participating in the works of darkness. Young people, this is an important thing for us to remember. Don't play around with rebellion. He continues on in that verse 23, and he said, Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. And God removed King Saul from being king. The prophet Nathan never came back and saw him ever again. Being rebellious is as if you're participating in witchcraft. Being rebellious against your parents is as idolatry. You know what you're lifting up? Instead of lifting up God, you're lifting up yourself. I'm the one that's in charge here, and so you lift yourself up. Oh, don't go there, young people. We're to be obeying our parents. We'll come back to Ephesians 6 again. Ephesians chapter 6. And this time we're going to see verse number 1. Why should you obey your parents? That it may go well with you. That was number 1. Number 2, it's commanded. And then number 3, this is the most important. I see it in verse number 1. And it's this, because you love Jesus. Because you love Jesus. Let me show it. You're not going to see it if you just read verse 1 on the surface, but if you read it closely, you'll see it. Here it is, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I learned that verse, Ephesians 6, 1, as a memory verse when I was five years old. 
it was the C verse. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And for many years, I paid attention to the first part of the verse and the last part of the verse, and I didn't really understand the middle part of the verse. I knew very well, children, obey your parents. And I knew very well, for this is right. But I missed the middle part, in the Lord. Children obey, it doesn't just say children obey your parents for this is right. It says children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So that makes me to scratch my head and think, well, what does he mean if he says in the Lord? What does it mean? Children obey your parents in the Lord. Here's how, I'll help you out. If you are a believer, you are in Christ Jesus. You might have heard that in our Romans series. If you're a believer, you're in Christ Jesus. Remember 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So if I'm in Christ, then I'm a new creature. My life is different. Do you remember what happened when you put your trust in the Lord Jesus? And I don't know, maybe you haven't. Do you remember what happened? You were a sinner separated from God who is holy. This is every one of us. God is infinitely holy. I am born in sin and I cannot stop sinning all my life. I'm going to keep sinning. I'm separated from God. And yet, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that's Jesus, to come and die on the cross for my sin. So Jesus went to the cross. He took my sin upon Himself. And God poured out His wrath on Jesus on the cross. Jesus took my sin and took all of the wrath of God upon Himself. And then God says, Romans chapter 3, verse 25, If I will just believe on Jesus, then He will make me righteous. Or you might remember another verse we use a lot, 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. So when I think of this phrase... Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That means that it's not just me trying to do this on my own. It's I'm obeying my parents and I'm doing it in Christ. Let me help you with an illustration. I've got a chair here and I've got a couple of guys that I've asked to help me. Can I get my volunteers to come up here and help me this morning? There we go. And you guys have got these signboards I want you to keep that one hidden for a minute, all right? Which one were you? You're this one, and you're this one, right? All right, Jez and I, you come on up here. You guys are familiar with the game King of the Hill. If you don't know the game, I'll explain it right quick. Hop up here, buddy. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up on top of it. Yeah, there you go. It's the only time in your life I've ever told you to stand on a chair. This poor kid, he comes to school here. He knows if you stand on the chair, you're going to get in trouble. So you're fine, Jez and I. All right, so Jazz and I are here. He's holding up this. Uh, there you go. Hold it up big and tall. So this is the good things that I know that I need to do. That's right. The good things that I know that I need to do. And this is, this is your life. And in your life, there are going to be things competing for what's going to be in charge. And so maybe he starts the day off. He gets up in the morning. Or this isn't Jazz and I. This is any of us. Maybe we get up in the morning. And we have this starting off the day. 
I'm going to do good today. I'm going to do good. But then along comes the heart that is filled with the bad things that I love to do. And along comes the heart, and you remember, whoever is king of the hill is going to be the one that's controlling your life today. So here comes the bad things that I love to do, and we know that the good things that I want to do, they're going to bump. These two don't go well together. I want to do right, but I love to do wrong. Now you tell me, boys and girls, which one ends up winning? The head, head will lose to the heart. And so sorry, Jazaniah, you get bumped down. And up comes a new king. And the new king is there. Why? Because my heart loves to do wrong. You see this? And if all you have is these two, and they're going back and forth, oh, this one might come up to the top for a little while, but this one comes back. And this one comes back again and tries again, and this one comes back. And you know what that is? That is, children, obey your parents, for this is right. That's we took out in the Lord. But if we put back in, in the Lord, what ends up happening is we get a brand new love. And that love is my love for Jesus. And here comes, if anything's going to defeat my love for sin, it's going to be my love for Jesus. So you've got to have that love for Jesus. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature. I'm not living my old ways, but instead I'm a new way living. And along comes this new love for Jesus, and guess what it's going to do? It's going to bump that one right off out of the way. Down he goes, and there's a whole new one that's going to rule your life. You need this, boys and girls. You need obey your parents in the Lord. Jesus will be the one that you love. Now, boys, hang on just a second, okay? I'll send you back in just a second. So when mom tells you to go and sweep the veranda or rake the yard and you want to go and play with your friends, mom said, that's the good thing you're supposed to do. Your heart said, but I love to go and play with my friends. Instead, you're going to turn and you're going to say, but I obey my parents in the Lord, and my love for Jesus is going to bump off my love for doing wrong. And I'm going to follow Jesus instead. Thank you, boys. You can be seated. I'm going to give you an illustration of this. And this comes from the book of Luke, and we'll finish there. If you want to look at it with me, book, book of Luke chapter 5. You are saved. You are in the Lord. And your obeying is going to be because you are in the Lord. And you love the Lord. That's what's going to cause your obedience. Luke chapter 5. Let me read verse number 1. By the way, at this point in Jesus' ministry, the Lord Jesus had already called Peter twice. Once was on the day of his baptism with John. Peter used to be a disciple following after John, and then he left from following John and started following Jesus. 
Another time was Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He called Peter, said, follow me, and Peter began to follow him. As we come into Luke chapter 5, though, I see Peter is still hanging out as a fisherman. And so now this is going to be the third time that the Lord calls Peter. And after this, Peter is fully invested. Now watch as we walk through the verses. Look at verse 1. This is Luke chapter 5 and verse 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, that's Peter, and he prayed him that he should thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. It's a neat way for Jesus to be able to get a little bit of distance away from the people. There's a lot of people there. They want to listen to Jesus talk. Jesus is going to teach them the things that the words of Christ are very important. And so Jesus sees the two boats that are there, and he tells Peter and John, hey, let me get in your boat. Let's push away. And then Jesus is out into the water. Maybe there's a little hill there where the people can sit down. The Bible says that Jesus sat in the ship and he spoke to the people. Now verse number four. And when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. So here Jesus finishes speaking. He says, let's let the people go home. And he turns to Peter. I think Peter's been rowing. I don't think they have a 40 horse, not at that time. Peter's out there rowing, and he turns to Peter, and he says, Peter, I want you to launch out. Let's go out to the deep part, and let's catch some fish. Now, something is going to be a problem here. Peter has already been fishing all night, and he has not caught anything all night long. But there are a number of problems that I see in this picture. The first one that I notice is early in those verses is the fact that he is cleaning his nets. If he caught no fish, those of you who are fishermen would know he caught something else if he's cleaning his nets. He caught rubbish in his nets, and he has to clean those out. Now, for him to just throw those nets back in, he's going to have to clean them again later. So here he has cleaned the nets already, and obviously the nets are in the ship with him. Because Jesus didn't say, let's go get the nets and then go out. He said, let's just look, launch out. So it's obvious the nets are in the ship with him. They've been cleaned and they're ready for the next day. Another issue is it's daytime. Peter and his fishermen, they did their fishing at night. That's how they did the fishing in the Sea of Galilee. The fishing at night and drop the nets and catch the fish at night. And now Jesus is saying, let's go fish during the day. And Peter's sitting there, huh? One more issue. Peter's a fisherman. Jesus is a carpenter. Peter has every right in this moment, humanly speaking, to say, I'm sorry, Jesus. If you'd like to go fishing, I think you should come tonight. Right now, it's not a good time. But instead, they launch. Look at verse 5. Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. Do you remember what I said earlier? The words of Jesus are very important. When God tells us to do something, He has a reason for it. They enclosed a great, number of, great multitude of fishes, and their net break. 
And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship, hey guys, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so they began to sink. Do you remember what, why we said you should obey? So it go well with you. It went really well with Peter when he obeyed. And it was commanded. Peter obeyed and he followed through. He said it in verse 5, At thy word I will let down the net. He just obeyed. But the most important reason we see is in verse 8 down to verse 11. Verse 8, When Peter saw it, he fell down on his knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Now watch what happens in verse 11. And when they brought their ships to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Do you realize that Peter just got what every fisherman wants? The best fishing trip ever! Not only did you get enough fish to fill your boat, but you filled your boat and your friend's boat. You can't top that. As I look back in my life, two times I've gone fishing that were really good. There's a whole bunch of times that I went fishing that went really bad. One time we were fishing for bass in a pond, and there were so many you could see them. You throw the hook in, and as soon as the hook hit the water, you didn't even have to put anything on the hook. The fish would jump on it. I think my brother pulled out one that we hooked him by the fin. That was the easiest, most boring trip of fishing in my life. Another time I went fishing with my brother Nate, and we were in the bay in Pensacola. It was night, and the shadow was on the water. You could cast into the light, and when you pulled the line across into the darkness, I think the white trout were lined up by the thousands. Because as soon as the hook would come into the darkness, bam, it would hit it so fast. And you just pull that fish in and pull him up. And what do you know? It's a white trout, about that long. Every single one of them. They were the same fish over and over and over. And it got so boring pulling in fish that were the same. It's a fisherman's dream, right? What am I going to do with this? Take him off the hook, throw him in the cooler. Let's get another one. Take him off the hook, throw him in the esky. Take him off the hook, throw him in the esky. You get tired of pulling them in. Like what a terrible thing, right? We went to catch fish. Peter went out to catch fish and he got so many fish. What did he do with them? Left them on the side of the shore and he decided to give up on fishing forever. I'm going to follow what? Jesus. He found a brand new love. No longer is it, I'm going to fight this one against this one. He got a whole brand new love that came into his life and just knocked out all those other desires. So that at the end of the book of John, when you fast forward to the end of the book of John, you find Peter back out there fishing. You know why? Because he thought Jesus is dead and there's no reason to follow Jesus anymore. And he's out there fishing with his friends. And that night, Jesus comes along the shore. And you remember what happened. Jesus had fish. How did he get them? I don't even know. Probably called him and said, get up here on the fire. (laughs) And there's Jesus cooking fish over the fire. And he calls out to the guys in the boat, children, do you have any fish? And in that moment, Peter's out there. He's like, stinking fish. We've toiled all night. And John is sitting next to him, and John says, it's Jesus. I think John recognized the voice. John says to Peter, it's Jesus. And I don't know if you remember what Peter did. 
He took his jacket off, threw it, and he jumped in the water naked and swam all the way to the shore. Why? Because he wanted to be with Jesus. He had a greater love. So why should you obey your parents? Because you love Jesus. Obey your parents in the Lord. And so as we close today, I want you to be thinking, have I, young people, boys, girls, have I been obeying my parents in the Lord? Am I doing it just because I'm afraid they're going to belt me up? Am I doing it just so that my little siblings will see what it's supposed to look like? Am I doing it at all? Am I obeying at all? I want you to be asking yourself, am I obeying my parents in the Lord? And then with that question, I want to ask another one. Are you in the Lord? Have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? And if not, I'd like to give you a chance to do that this morning. So could I ask us all to bow our heads and close our eyes? I'm going to ask our counselors. We've got many of our young people that have been trained to be counselors. If you could come, if you're a counselor, could you come and stand on the sides? I'm going to ask some young people to come. If you would like to come and pray with a counselor, you'd like to talk to somebody, maybe you need to put your trust in the Lord Jesus. You're not in Christ Jesus. You heard this morning, Jesus died on the cross for your sins, and you'd like to put your trust in Jesus. I want to invite you to come this morning. Let's all stand together. I want to invite boys and girls this morning, if you need to put your trust in the Lord Jesus, or you want to pray with somebody, you want to say, I want to do right. I want to obey my parents. I heard this morning that I need to obey my parents, and I want to talk to somebody about that. Could I invite you? Would you just come down to the front? I'll have somebody talk with you. Is that okay? You can just come now. It's all right. Anybody, boys and girls, you'd like to come? You want to talk to somebody? It's okay, you can come. Teenagers, perhaps you have been not obeying your parents. You definitely haven't been doing it in the Lord. Perhaps you'd like to talk to somebody. Could I invite you to come? The altar's open, you can come. Moms and dads, I hope that you have been encouraged this morning to draw your children towards obedience in the Lord. I give an invitation one more time. If you'd like to talk to somebody, you're welcome. Just come on up. Anybody like that? thank you for the truth that is found in your word. Thank you that we can be obedient because we have a brand new love. Not a love for sin, but a love for the Savior. I pray that you would help us to encourage our children to obey. 
And I pray for our children that they would obey. But not just because it's right and their life will go well and they're commanded to do it, but because they love the Lord Jesus. So Lord, we thank you for your goodness upon us. May you use us, help us to have good homes. And I pray for these boys and girls that they would be doing their part in obeying in the home. Ask these things in your beautiful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Matt Allen of Capital City Baptist Church of Port Mosby. We would love to have you join us for service if you are in the area. If you need help with transportation, please give us a call on 709-1000. Again, it's 709-1000.